0: michael and us i'm will sloan here with luke savage nice to be back today's topic is masculinity specifically (laughs) are we as a culture leaving masculinity behind are we are we a feminized culture what do you think luke well
1: this is our favorite topic and of course it's what we were talking about off mic before we started uh it's just, just sort of generally what we talk about and i feel like this week we found a show that really sort of you know puts all of our thoughts into perspective and articulates them in the context of contemporary american life you remember uh, the first wave of
0: that kind of like neo-masculinity discourse <laughs> like in the 90s when there was that book iron john i don't remember Iron. you've you never heard of iron john it was well i mean it was kind of a flash in the pan thing but whoever it was who wrote the book and i, I it was a bit before my time but he was saying that men are losing touch with their masculinity so what they need to do is like literally go out into the forest and have like <laughs> fires and like tribal like mm. drumming and and like eat food together and like <laughs> like be meant like this was his actual <laughs> yes. prescription uh, anyways we watched uh five episodes <laughs> of tim allen's recently cancelled right-wing sitcom last man standing
2: guess who's returning home to abc i'm back ah! tim allen He's a man's man, but lately he's realizing... What happened to men? He's not a man's world anymore. I will take the truck, you can take the minivan. <laughs> You'll take the truck, I'll drive the minivan. You're not kidding right now, are you? Where's Travis?
3: Uh, he went to the tanning salon.
2: Oh! You know what's the matter with the world these days?
3: Sure, let's discuss that. Oh. On. Travis said that Glee is dumb.
2: Is that what's worrying? Is that why
3: you're crying?
2: <laughs> what's Glee? This
3: might be hard for you to
2: believe, but I do not need a man. You've Got a baby. Says so you needed a man once. <laughs> Tim Allen returns. It is great to be back home. It's a woman's world. <laughs> he just has to live in it. None of my girls are talking to me. Usually, I think that's a great idea.
1: Your girls are talking to you. You just need to listen to them. Last man standing.
2: Are you going to meddle up until the day you die?
1: And beyond. Now, you may not remember this, but um, in doing this, we were sort of uh, reliving one of my favorite... uh, I remember it. Yeah, okay. You know what I'm going to say. but For for Michael and Us (laughs) Nation, one of my favorite, you know, Will Sloan, you know, friendship moments was, (laughs) as loyal listeners of the show will know, Will and I kind of met each other through the varsity, the uh, the student paper at U of T, and during one of these very long and arduous magazine productions, somehow we ended up in um, a little room, and we just watched what six episodes of Home Improvement, or seven, or some, some something like that, because some channel we didn't
0: even know this when we turned it on, but they were doing an all night Home Improvement marathon, mm-hmm. uh, and so we watched one episode, and then another one, and then another one, and then it got to the point where like we were we were sitting there. We, we were waiting for the layout people to and finish. We were, and we were
1: just sort of testing fate. Like, how many of these can we actually watch? And
0: every time that music would start again, it would be like, I can't believe it, another episode. <laughs> the one thing I remember about what we watched that night, we were like howling with laughter yeah. and everything that happened on that show. Mm. But I remember there was one part where one of Tim Allen's sons says to him, you're a tyrannical fascist. <laughs> and he runs out and Tim Allen looks at Jill and he says, did he just call me a dinosaur? <laughs> And I remember that because the minute the kid said "tyrannical fascist," <laughs> I thought that's too tortured a combination of words for this not to become a joke.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: Uh, what was your relationship to Tim Allen growing up?
1: Well, a lot of people where I grew up watched Home Improvement. Yeah, it was big, and like I don't know, I've rural seen Ontario. probably
0: most of Home Improvement. Yeah, it was just on all the time when I was a kid.
1: I feel like I never had any special connection to it, but it was just so omnipresent yeah. that I just knew about it, and I would occasionally watch it and. I felt yeah. the
0: same. It was never a favorite show, but it was just on all the time, and therefore I saw almost every episode, probably. Yeah. And Tim Allen... This is an incredible fact about Tim Allen. There was a weekend in 1994 when he had the number one show on TV, Home Improvement, the number one movie at the box office, The Santa Claus. Oh,
1: that was a favorite of mine, let me tell you. I watched that every Christmas. Doesn't hold up. No. Well, oh. I, think we, I think you and I actually... Did a little bit of an experiment once. Did and we, did we watch it? That. I think so. I
0: Just this last holiday season, I watched all three Santa Claus <laughs> movies for my other podcast. And man, that's... <laughs>
1: that's a slog. Uh,
0: so he had the number one movie mm. in the box office, the number one TV show, and he had the number one book on the New York Times bestseller list, which longtime fans will know was called Don't Stand Too Close to a Naked Man. Oh yeah, I remember
1: that shit.
0: And he had a bunch of movies in the 90s that kids our age saw, like Jungle to Jungle, and... I don't think he was anybody's favorite comedian. No. He was just kind of affable.
1: He was just kind of there. Um, But I do think he appealed. Well, I mean, I don't think he was anyone's favorite comedian, like for people our age or that we knew, but I do feel like he must have had really mass appeal with, I don't know, suburban dads and stuff.
0: Well, when I was trying to think, why did I watch so much Tim Allen growing up? I think a lot of it must come down to the fact that he was a dad type figure. There was something kind of, comforting and affable yeah. about his presence mm-hmm.
1: um and i guess like we we would be uh, uh remiss if we didn't go into tim allen's backstory a little bit because uh as the lore goes as i understand it uh correct me if i'm wrong he actually wrote home improvement while in prison because he went to prison for for possession of an insane amount of cocaine
0: oh i didn't know that he that he wrote it in prison but he did go to prison for co- he was he was a big time drug dealer mm-hmm. and he had whole kilograms of yeah. it in his suitcase that he was trying to transport and apparently he was going to be sentenced to something like 60 years yeah because some, certain mandatory minimums had been instituted or something but mm. there was one loophole mm. which was if he ratted on every other drug dealer friend that he knew he would get three years and so and then he did, <laughs> and, then, and, then he did. and you know uh you can call him a rat but i think i might have done the same <laughs> I mean you're in a sewer, why not be a rat? <laughs> uh so, and after being in prison, he became one of the most popular comedians of the 80s doing uh his, you know, oh, men, are, men are pigs. <laughs> <laughs> I saw an episode of Inside the Actor's Studio once <laughs> where where James Lipton did a segment where he like interviewed him in grunts. So, so so like Tim Allen did all these different
1: grunts. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I mean, Home Improvement is what people, probably our listeners, will best know Tim Allen from, but holy shit. I, you know, I was familiar with Home Improvement, but Last Man Standing, this is like, uh, I mean, if you're Canadian, think about it like an alt-right red-green. Yes. Um, Or, you know, just if you're, you know... it really is. It really is just sort of like a home improvement for like the Trump era. Mm-hmm. I was watching it,
0: wondering if Home Improvement would be like this if it was still on. Like, probably. Is it is in this day and age? Is it possible to have like an apolitical family sitcom like Home yeah. Improvement? Oh, yeah. sure it you is. think so? Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I just think I just think Tim Allen is activist enough about his stupid opinions that he'll you know, and, and he's you know he's got enough clout that he can make a show like this
0: the reason we wanted to do this show is so this aired on abc from 2011 to 2017 that may be a big shock it was to you. it was
1: canceled by triggered uh <laughs> triggered, triggered, libs. triggered libs coastal uh, elite abc executives
0: um it was one of those shows that was always perpetually getting like seven million view viewers a week. It aired on Friday nights. so you know, not the trendiest time slot. Uh, it it uh, was most popular in uh, what some might call the flyover states. You, you're not you're not on board with that. You don't want to feel superior to 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 hard-working Americans like I do. Uh, but the cancellation was so great because even though it was not really that popular a show it was always like in the, number 50 in the ratings for the week. but it got this big right- wing backlash on the right wing blogosphere. So like Fox News Entertainment has an article called Last Man Standing canceled Despite high ratings. And, uh, there's another article that quotes, uh, Scott Walker, governor of Wisconsin (laughs) tweeted about it saying, despite high ratings, ABC cancels Trump friendly sitcom Last Man Standing. Looks like ABC is playing politics with your show despite decent ratings. And then, (laughs) Glenn Beck uh, said on his show that he's going to start looking into why the show got canceled. (laughs) And James Woods tweeted a petition to keep it on the air. Uh, Could you imagine James
1: Woods watching Last Man Standing? (laughs) (laughs) That's really funny. So what's the show about? All right, so the plot of the show is Tim Allen is some kind of... You know, upper middle class, suburban dad. He works at a an outdoor equipment, sort of sports equipment store. It's called Outdoor Man. Outdoor Man. It does kind of employ, a you know, this trope of family sitcoms where they want to have a main character with sort of a real American blue collar affect, but then they don't want to have him actually materially have that existence. So... <laughs> So, you know, he works at this sports store and he's not even like the owner of the sports store and yet he has this gigantic house. It really is kind of a palatial house with really expensive oh, yeah. furniture and it's like obviously a new house and and in the first episode, basically the sports store is failing to catch up with the times. They haven't modernized. Um, they're losing ad revenue. So he's, he's had some job where he gets to travel a lot and go to places like Costa Rica that's baffling to me. I don't what, understand why a sports store like it seems kind of a
0: an arbitrary. Is premise. he is he is he like searching the jungles and finding new sports equipment that he can bring
1: <laughs> back on a ship? He's he's well. the The implication is that he's doing something for their catalog. Okay. Which for some reason this sports store has its own catalog that and they can afford. They're big enough. It's not even a chain. They can send somebody. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, and the
0: sports store has the affect of kind of like just a men's club yeah l- like a country club. everyone that works there seems to be a man there don't seem to ever be any customers it's just no but there are something like 20 employees they, and they're all middle they, aged. All, they all hang
1: out in the back you know what it's kind, if you've ever seen the sopranos it's like at the bing or satriales where you know they're both kind of businesses but they just seem to be permanently inhabited by mobsters that <laughs> sit in like in in, in in like these smoke-filled rooms they just and they just kind of live there it's kind of like that yeah Um, but it's supposed to be a store anyway because of this uh you know these changes in the market the owner of the sports store tells tim allen that it's his job to monetize their website so tim allen becomes a vlogger and what what do you think a vlogger for a a men's sports (laughs)
0: store would would vlog about Probably a vlog about things you can buy at the store, right? Yeah, like the new tent
1: pegs are in.
0: No, uh, he becomes a right-wing <laughs> vlogger where he talks about all the triggered snowflakes and yeah. all the uh, <laughs> feminized men and what happened to real men. In, so we watched the pilot episode where we see him record his first vlog where he starts talking about this like crossbow or whatever it is, but then he puts it down and he starts... He does a speech that's like what Jeff Daniels does on the first episode of the Newsroom. He goes like, "What happened to men? We used to build civilizations just to burn them. Now we can't even change a tire." And you know, just like in Birdman, uh, it goes viral because it's part of this like new wave of movies and TV shows where middle-aged. People don't know what it means to go viral and what would go... Because, like, the internet just doesn't have enough dudes there's complaining enough, about...
1: That's right. There's not <laughs> enough space for a guy from a sports store, <laughs> like like an aging suburban dad, like, ranting into a camera. Like, that doesn't... But the thing is, his <laughs> rants are kind of
0: like, it's John Kasich conservatism. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't go all the way. No. He doesn't
1: talk about, like, race and mm-hmm. stuff. What was, the, what was the joke about John Kasich where somebody was saying he... He's like the kind of guy that would like he's 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 for dads who watch the History Channel. Yeah, he's yeah. The candidate yeah. of dads who watch the History Channel. You guys said that on chat. Right, oh, that's yeah. right. And he's the kind of guy that would walk into a sports store or like a tool <laughs> store and just start talking about like different screwdriver heads. Yeah. Well, this is a fun fact about
0: Tim Allen. He actually endorsed John Kasich this last election. And That's he, perfect. And he narrated one of John Kasich's TV ads. Oh, can
1: we, can we drop that in? Uh, absolutely. It's all,
0: yeah. it's all about how uh, some people say you can't have civility in politics <laughs> anymore.
2: Being president is more than the economy or health care.
1: I was in a really dark place for a long time, but I found hope. And now I've found it in my presidential candidate that I support. And I'd really appreciate one of those hugs you've been talking about.
2: There is a place for quiet strength, the Oval Office.
0: New Day for America is responsible for the content of this advertising. Uh, and I don't think I don't think t- Tim Allen. Endorsed Trump per se, but he did go on the Jimmy Kimmel show and say that if you say you like Trump in Hollywood, uh, you're treated like uh, a Jew in Nazi Germany. Oh my God! Uh, um, and what's funny is like uh, Tim Allen can't even vote because he's an ex convict uh, for for <laughs> trying
1: to smuggle cocaine across the border. Oh boy! Well, so basically every joke in the, we'll get into some more of the episodes we watch, but every joke in the show. Is stuff like uh, Tim Allen will be walking out to the barbecue with some meat, and he'll say to one of his daughters, um, uh, "Like, hey, daughter, uh, you want you want some meat, or do you have a, a soy a, a soy stick in your bag, like yeah. a, like a skewer of tofu or something?"
0: Tim Allen's got three daughters, one of whom is in the first season, is going to college, one of whom got knocked up at her prom, and And now and a single mom. And is a single mom, and so Tim Allen's got a grandkid, and one of whom is like a 12- or 13-year-old daughter. And
1: she's the feisty one. Yeah. She's kind of the, I guess, the tomboy.
0: The other two daughters, I frankly had trouble telling apart. They're
1: very... They look very similar, although um, when we skipped ahead to the second season, one of the daughters was just inexplicably different, and I was like, oh, wait a minute, that's actually a different actress. They just replaced her... With no kind yeah. of explanation, we, and they became easier to tell apart,
0: which is fine because the only person who matters is Tim Allen. These,
1: yeah, I mean, and they, to they, a
0: lesser extent, Nancy Travis as his wife,
1: right, right.
0: Uh, so, but the first episode has Tim Allen taking his granddaughter to this local nursery. Um, oh, this was so beautiful. What happens on it? Well,
1: so um, the you know young mom she has to go to work, um, so she doesn't have time to take uh, her son to the to the to the nursery. So uh, Tim Allen takes him, and there's uh, you know I guess how should we put it this very fae yeah metrosexual yeah metrosexual guy who works there and uh, okay, the, uh, the, he called Tim Allen calls him Champ, and then the guy's like, "Oh, we don't use words like that around here because it connotes winning over another human being or something." And they're, he also says they're, they're going in there and they're making a mosque out of pillows. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, "I'm not taking my like son here." Or whatever. Yeah, so he takes the grandkid yeah, back to the yeah. back to the
0: hardware store. Yeah, um, where,
1: where he gets dragged around in in the parking lot in a kayak. There, there's a whole plot on the first episode about
0: how. Uh, he's trying to hook up his daughter, his good daughter, not mm. the not the bad one who had a kid. That's uh, right. His good daughter with with a good man, and he picks this kind of like who's this this kid at the hardware Kyle. store? Kyle. Kyle, who's kind of like he's the meathead to his Archie Bunker. Yeah. Um, but he's like a good meathead because mm. he's also like basically conservative.
1: Yeah. Although, and I think part of the implication is that he's sort of sufficiently beta that Tim Allen is willing to like. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, but he's not allow allow him to date his daughter, but he's got like a bang bus, you know? Yeah, he is. Well, he looks like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo if he was real and he drives something that looks like the mystery machine.
0: So in the episodes we saw, there's this whole undercurrent, this subplot of Tim Allen being really concerned about his daughters, you know, going out there and having sex with men. And this is really funny because the second episode is all about how Tim Allen's wife is concerned because she saw an ad that the house is unsafe for a baby and they need to get this, you know, flim flam man to come in. Yes. And- they
1: got another sort of metrosexual guy and who makes everything a safe space.
0: Yeah. Like he, he puts locks on everything, <laughs> puts <laughs> locks on the toilet bowl. Yeah. Um, so the, the show has this philosophy that while we're, we're over parenting our kids too much, we there's got- there's
1: too much paternalism. Yeah. And like, and kids are being raised to be soft and whatever. But there is an exception, isn't there? And that's women's bodies. That's right. Because the way the way Tim Allen talks to and about his daughters is, is just like he wants to his daughter, one of his daughters already has a kid. She's like, what, 19, 20, something yeah. like that. And he's literally like regulating her dating life.
0: Uh, well, she's basically kind of the Mary Magdalene figure of this, <laughs> where she's this fallen woman <laughs> who can be redeemed. Like, we see her applying to colleges and trying to make a new start. Yeah. Um. I mean, we didn't watch the whole series, so. There
1: are so many episodes. There are like tw- an average of like 20 to 25 episodes a season. Six seasons.
0: So we saw five, which yeah. I think is a representative five sample. Five episodes. Yes. Not five, five e- seasons. <laughs> five episodes. Uh we saw we, we have one but one short precious
1: life, so it was not five
0: seasons. We we saw a few episodes of the first season, one from the second season, and then one from the most recent season. And watching Tim Allen age over that time was just a very profoundly emotional experience <laughs> for me. Like <laughs> The way his body changed kind of reminded me about how my own dad's body has changed over the years. And like, oh I think about, you know, when, when he was young and in the Santa Claus and on Home Improvement, just like how my dad was young once.
1: <laughs> wow. Uh, it's I... like boyhood. <laughs> well, I don't even know how much more there is to say about this oh, We have this a, show. a few more episodes. What were the other episodes we watch? It, it all bleeds together. It's all so similar. So how
0: about uh, uh, season one, episode five, uh, co-ed softball.
1: Oh yeah.
0: So in this episode, every every
1: every episode of the show is about like, well, guess what? Like a woman wants to do something that men have traditionally done, and and this presents a moral dilemma.
0: After two episodes, we were wondering how many conservative grievances can there be to fill <laughs> yeah. up a hundred episodes? Because <laughs> every episode has some new topical thing in it. Yeah. But in this one, it's the hardware store. It's not hardware store. The the outdoor Whatever store. Whatever the fuck. Out, Who cares? outdoor man. Uh, is going to have their annual baseball tournament against their competing store. Uh-huh. But um, somebody in the government, some, some uh, pencil-pushing bureaucrat <laughs> says they have to have a co-ed team if they want to... <laughs> Go ahead, or or
1: I don't know if it's a bureaucrat, but someone well,
0: they have to vote on whether or not they're gonna yeah. go ahead, yeah. But I, I think it is something like they can't use certain facilities if they don't have at least right. one woman right. on the team.
1: Oh man, political correctness run amok!
0: And so, all the staff votes on it, and the tolerant side, the side that says it should be a co ed team, wins by one vote, right and uh the the owner of the hardware store is very angry about Mm. this because women shouldn't be playing baseball and we should have a safe space for men where (laughs) where men can get together and you know uh can play baseball and have sex with each other and (laughs) and it won't be gay uh and so tim allen brings in his daughter who wouldn't you know it is the best pitcher on the team and uh helps them beat the other team and the lesson is that you gotta keep an open mind and women can succeed in a men's world too
1: a lot of the impetus for these plots is tim allen's youngest daughter Mm -hmm. who like we watched another episode where she decides she wants to be the first female marine sniper Mm -hmm. um and then they get really worried about her like they don't want her to do it because only men are supposed to fight in we never found out what happened with that. Cause then we didn't watch the next well, episode. We
0: skipped to season six where her dreams of joining the military are clearly have evaporated because now she's a songwriter. Right. Uh, but we see uh, this, this 13 year old girl, like go to the local Legion where she meets another woman who served in Iraq. And we find out that this woman had, had both her legs blown off, mm. but she gives her the salute. And Tim Allen's daughter finds this very inspiring and it makes her want to want to defend her country even Mm. more. Yeah. And I mean, it's the classic conservative thing where there's opposition to any kind of like, social change until it can be proven that they can work with them until
1: the social change just conforms to whatever the existing like conservative norms are yeah exactly so
0: you know she can go over and like pillage (laughs) iraqi (laughs) villages (laughs) yeah it's great this is part of a whole episode where it's it's season two episode 11 mike's poll for those you know, listening, who want to wanna binge the show later. <laughs> uh, Tim Allen has a flagpole on his front lawn, and his neighbor, who's another libtard, uh, <laughs> thinks that the flag is a symbol of oppression, and he won't let his son... I don't think make-
1: that's a neighbor. I think that's the, like, baby daddy. Oh, yeah, right. Who, right. who uh, was, in the first season, partly played by Nick Jonas, although we missed that, because he's... Nick Jonas, I guess, uh, demanded too big a cha- paycheck, so they replaced him with, like, another generic yeah nick or whatever yeah and
0: he won't let tim allen's grandson like say the pledge of allegiance mm-hmm. at school because uh he's like he's
1: like for many people around the world the american flag is a symbol of oppression
0: but then the episode ends with the kid saying the pledge of allegiance mm-hmm. and everyone has their their hand over their mm-hmm. heart and you were saying while we were watching this like what is tim allen contributing to america yeah
1: like like uh like at one point it when his daughter wants to join the military she says you know we're baxters and we you know we kick ass or whatever and it's like you you're like a like a junior vice president at like a small sports store and you have
0: a conservative vlog yeah like you
1: like you you're you're like an alt-right mountain equipment co-op basically and and you
0: freaked out when a girl almost joined your softball team yeah
1: yeah, what, what is this America that they're part of? They clearly live in, like, a gated community of some <laughs> kind. Like, they clearly don't meet, like, like, the people they meet are not representative of what, like, average America is like at all. But, hey, what I really like about this is that uh, I feel like I've said this on the show before, but, you know, there's been this whole kind of um, meme of, like, you know, you explain Trump through the, the so-called white working class or mm-hmm. whatever. But if you actually look at who voted for Trump, right, the family on the show is a much better sort of median Trump voter than like an ex coal miner from West Virginia. Yeah. Like these, uh, like angry suburban conservatives who make six figures a year and are just full of all this like bile and cultural resentment, <laughs> um, and have lots of money to give to somebody like Donald Trump that much more represented. Like This is a show for Trump voters and about Trump voters, as far as I'm concerned. You know, even if it is like kind of square John Kasich conservatism.
2: I I look at the character, Mike Baxter. He's a conservative dad. He's got a conservative blog, a web blog. He just trashed Hillary Clinton a little bit, took a nice shot at her in that clip. And I'm thinking, how real is how how close to Tim Allen is Mike Baxter? Well, I'm a, uh, a what they call fiscal conservative. I like problem solving. And problem solving usually originates from my family. We, I, I mean, there's nine kids and my um, single mom for a while. And it, a lot of it was about, how are we going to pay for this? And that just, our, my family's all about that. How are you going to pay for it, any idea? It, in my neighborhood in uh, North Hollywood, we have wanted to get trees put in. And it, here in communist California, it's difficult because there's so many regulations. But you can get stuff done. We planted trees, got our street cleaned up. And our councilman, he was the guy that did it. And we worked with him, figured out how to work with, uh, I gotta get his name, Kr- Krikorian. Right. Paul Krikorian is our councilman. And I work with this guy, and I say, when you work,
0: Tim, Tim Allen tends to be a problem solver. And I said, I, I like problem solving, period. To be fair to the show, uh, Mike Baxter, Tim Allen does have a black neighbor mm. who uh, served in the well, Gulf. He's, he's a troop. Yeah, so. he served in the Gulf War, so he's one of the good ones. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, and, he, and and he
1: doesn't like safe spaces and trigger warnings either. We learn,
0: uh, but he made a, a joke about the Confederate flag mm-hmm. and and about how uh, oh, I had a neighbor who put up the Confederate flag, and uh, he he <laughs> sure learned something yeah. about. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah. like the show kind of keeps you on your toes.
1: I like how one of his comments was like, unless you've been. And in the back of a bradley like on a highway south of baghdad bracing for an rpg like you don't get to disrespect this flag and i was like <laughs> that's kind of strange logic like so after you've done that you can what piss on it hey do you remember the scene where tim allen
0: puts the flag in the wash but he accidentally puts bleach in it mm-hmm. so he gets a bleach stain and he says uh, he says <laughs> oh no, okay, we
1: lost two states <laughs> Let, let's
0: hope it was new york and california <laughs> the minute he said We lost two states. I knew. He's going to say New York and California. (laughs) He's going to say it. So we skipped a few seasons, and we arrived at one of the most controversial and famous episodes of this show, just from the most recent season, season six, episode nine, Precious Snowflake.
1: That is what the episode is called.
0: And uh, the plot of the episode is that one of Tim Allen's daughters is about to graduate from college. And uh, Mike Baxter is now enough of an online celebrity that he's been invited to do the commencement address, uh, but he's been given a sheet of paper that says all the things he can't say. Uh, uh,
1: he can't say, ladies and gentlemen, because it's gender exclusionary.
0: And, and he says, what do you mean? There, there are only two genders. He can't
1: say something about, like opportunity to america because it's offensive to people who what is it who Uh, who worked hard hard and didn't succeed or something like that yeah and and it's
0: it's like what are what are colleges doing to our kids it's just
1: like the worst overwrought caricature of political correctness in colleges like like i think i said to you during it every single one of these kind of conservative grievance narratives depends on just extrapolating from like a few really ridiculous you know examples or something as if that's kind of the norm on college campuses or whatever and like it's totally not we went to college yeah like i had a professor who uh went on a long rant about how like primitive indigenous culture was and (laughs) how they all died of smoke inhalation at age 29 and um it was like it it was like you know just intellectualized white supremacy basically and nobody you know nobody called him out on it nobody you know and we went to one of the most liberal universities probably in in the world yeah probably you know so
0: the show concludes with tim allen visiting like the first independent sub shop in the state or something and he mm -hmm. and he says something like uh you know what this goes to show that uh in america anyone can make it (laughs) and, and you can have a successful business too and Frankly, this could be inspiring to people and we need to care less about who we offend and more about who we inspire. (laughs) So at the end of the show, it's revealed that he has graciously accepted that he's not going to deliver the commencement address, but his replacement will be the owner of that sub shop. And yes, she is a Pakistani woman.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So you know, uh, everyone learned a little thing or two along the way.
0: Ultimately, America is still the land of opportunity.
1: (laughs) Do you want me to give you some notes before you send it in?
2: Why, send it in? What do you mean?
1: The faculty committee needs to approve it after they check for microaggressions.
2: Microaggressions? You mean like midget warriors?
1: No, they're objectionable words or phrases. For instance, midget warriors.
2: I know what microaggressions are. It's the latest liberal attack at free speech. And a lot of fun if you do them right.
1: The university has a list of stuff they don't allow speakers to say, you know, to protect the students. From what, ideas? It's just the way that my school does things, Dad. Please, my grade is riding on this. Fine.
0: And I was wondering uh, if there are any uh, Last Man Standing fans listening. Please, please let us know. Did the show get more right wing as it went on?
1: Certainly seemed that way. I don't know, but I mean, right from the right from the get go, there's so much. The fact that every joke is just about like you know emasculated like young men and or you know tofu and like mm-hmm. the fact that the uh, proprietor of the outdoor store just inexplicably has, like, framed automatic weapons sitting behind his desk. Like, it just has that, I don't know, it just yeah. has that about it. But it, se- it does seem like it got more heavy-handed in term. Like, the fact that the episode in the sixth season was literally called Triggered Snowflake, <laughs> I feel like there- that's a- an inadvertent commentary on, you know, in 2011, when this stuff was kind of a bit sublimated to 2017, when it's, like, out in the open, because... The president of the United States is kind of an avatar for it. There was apparently an episode of the last season where
0: Tim Allen dressed as Trump. I think I'm gonna make that the picture for yeah, this episode, even though we didn't watch it. <laughs> yeah. Yet. Oh, I I would also be remiss uh, if I didn't say that apparently there were several Home Improvement reunion episodes. Uh, the the woman who played Jill on Home Improvement <laughs> a- appeared and.
1: But were they were they like reunion episodes like the universes merged? No, because I like to think That'd that would be great. I like to think that it's the same diegesis. and so and if, Tim the Tool Man. Taylor. Second, this is his second marriage <laughs> um or i like to think that maybe there was like an alternative ending to uh like tool time where he had to like to home improvement where he had to uh like go into the witness protection program for killing Wilson, and then after like you know serving some time because he rat, you know we know he's a rat, so he rat on people. He just moved to another state and started a new life that was like very similar. So and became a vlogger. Yeah,
0: and and like this is what happens started to a new to, family. This is what happens to disgraced celebrities too. Like if if tool time with Tim the Tool Man <laughs> Taylor was Q with Gian Gamashi, then this oh this vlog is the Ideation Project. Oh my God,
1: is that what it's called? Yeah, it is. This wretched new thing. Yeah
0: oh my um, god yeah
1: man i i wish you hadn't reminded me of that cause uh, i hadn't thought about it since uh, the first week that it <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm very sorry what can i say about our next two presenters the first is an actor producer writer and director whose movies have grossed over three and a half billion dollars at the box office he's won two academy awards and Three Golden Globes for his powerful and varied performances starring in such films as Philadelphia, Forrest Gump, *Castaway*, Apollo 13, and
2: Saving Private Ryan. The other is Tim Allen.
1: There's another sort of meta-textual thing in it, which is uh, Tim Allen lets us know that he's Tim Allen. I don't remember what the the context is. I remember it. There are
0: two within the first few episodes where... In the first episode, the family is in the kitchen, uh, and they're and they're talking about the dad. And then the door opens, and he comes in holding a big fish, and says, "I'm back," as if to imply, "Yes, it's Tim Allen. He he's he flopped in movies, so he's back on it's <laughs> back on primetime." But then the other one is, he I think he says to infinity and beyond. Yeah. At one point. Yeah,
1: yeah. In in the Buzz Lightyear voice. Light
0: like, and like any great star, he brings you know, the baggage of years of stardom (laughs) with him into every role.
1: Well, um, yeah, I mean, I think that about covers it. I don't, I mean, you know, we could binge watch this show, uh, for hours and hours, but like you said, how many conservative grievances are there? I mean, there's what, 150, 200 episodes of this show? And it's so uneventful too. It's nothing happens in it. There's every episode has the typical kind of sitcom, you know, A story, B story type thing. But really, almost nothing happens, and very little ever seems to change in this universe. So I think if you want to get a sense of this, probably just a couple episodes. Uh, yeah. But hey, uh, Michael and us nation, if you see if you if you encounter any episodes we didn't watch and you want to pass them on, I don't know. We you and I watch a lot of garbage. So, yeah,
0: well, I, yeah, I could see us watching another one at <laughs> yeah, some point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and i mean anybody who knows me knows that i'm a pitiful excuse for a man and i need
1: you know i need positive male role models (laughs) you you know um you know neo-masculinist is actually a term that like alt-right people identify so that prison planet guy that like alex jones's uh pug-nosed uh british correspondent paul watson Mm. he uh he, does, he identifies as a neo-masculinist, and all his tweets are stuff like just, you know, knocking back some milk to trigger the libs and stuff. So I don't really know what's, like, macho about drinking milk, but uh, apparently this is an actual <laughs> thing that people are doing, and there's a whole kind of style that goes along with it. I'm not sure how well it gels with sort of the Tim Allen masculinity, though. I wonder what Tim Allen would think of Paul Watson.
0: What would Tim Allen think of The Dirtbag Left? Is that masculine enough for him? No, he wouldn't like it. Of course he would hate it. He'd be like,
1: it's... Tim Allen... God, you
0: just can't get the balance right. Some say it's too masculine, some say it's not masculine
1: enough. Tim Allen, Allen, I think, is always one Bloody Mary. He's the kind of guy that's always one Bloody Mary away from a rant about cultural Marxism. You know? (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs)
0: Now watch this guy.
3: I noted with interest in watching Men Are Pigs (laughs) that you emitted a seemingly endless lexicon of grunts. Those grunts are at least as expressive as speech. More to me. Yep. Since Pace is a university, these are students, I wondered if you would give us a lesson in grunting. <laughs> Tim, tool man, whoever you are at this moment, what sort of grunt expresses surprise? Oh. It's an acting exercise. Fright. <laughs> 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 Amusement. <laughs> My favorite. Sympathy. Oh, Confusion. Admiration.
2: Ardor. I knew knew what that meant, ar- <laughs> Let, yeah, ardor. Let, 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 let me. We got a thesaurus, Anybody? Wait.
3: Let's skip ardor and go straight to lust. Yeah. <laughs> Annoyance. Ah. Anger.
2: Ah. 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 Very, very close. I, I work There's these. a difference. There's a difference. Subtle, but it's there. Nuanced. Fury. Ah. 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 Very simian there. A little. <laughs>
3: So endeth the lesson.